Welcome to the Queer Voices Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Larissa Russell. Join us today and each week as we talk to people from the LGBT plus community to share their stories, the good, the bad, and the inspirational. Sharing stories, making connections, saving lives. Welcome. I'm Larissa Russell of Queer Voices, and today I have with me Melissa Da Silva. Melissa is a therapist, career coach, author, podcast host, and artist. She started her career in social work, focusing on children and wellness in her community. Over the years, she's found countless ways to help others thrive through therapy, coaching, and a dedication to spreading information and resources to LGBTQ plus individuals. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to finally meet you. (laughs) Yes, I am too. I'm so happy you're here. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and sort of what you do? Mm-hmm. So right now I'm in Puerto Rico living my best life. Um, I'm originally from the East Coast of Rhode Island, so I kind of have that Boston accent. But uh, I always wanted to grow up to be a school social worker. Uh, I didn't. I did do it and then realized I didn't want to do it anymore after a few years. Uh, in the process of that, I... Um, had the student that was transitioning from female to male. And when I tried to find resources in the community for that student, I really couldn't find any. So when I wanted to um, go out and start my own business on providing private practice mental health uh, services, I um, decided that I really wanted to service the uh, LGBTQ plus community and specialize really working in the transgender uh, community. And so I started that six years ago, and now I have an agency that has 25 clinicians working in it. Um, We also do interns, so we train interns how to be great therapists. Um, And I just found out that my nonprofit idea got approved called the Marsha Project, which is going to provide training to like first responders and teachers and, um, you know, people who typically come in contact with a trans or non-binary community, um, how to work with the community. Um, and that is like in the works. Uh, it's one of my many, many ideas and many uh, projects that I'm working on. Um, but right now I am living in Puerto Rico. I've been here since October and I'm now hosting retreats for the queer and creative um, where we get together for a three day like intensive and really work on what their spiritual or artistic blockage is um, and work through that in this amazing island of Puerto Rico. So I just got back from doing one the past four days and it was amazing. <laughs> that, oh, that is amazing. And, you know, in my day job, if you will, um, I do healing with creativity. I'm, I'm a coach and I help people that way. So uh, I find that absolutely fascinating, the, the mingling of the two, because I think creativity is so important in our healing. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been important for um, in my journey as well, because I found that, um, because I went through school, having a learning disability, being undiagnosed with dyslexia, my, uh, guidance counselor never even talked to me about going to college. And so because of that, I always thought that I was stupid. Um, and even to this day, it takes me a while to read and write things, but realizing like my creativity is my genius 
is like a different way of looking at things and really working with other people to realize that as well has been like such an amazing opportunity for me. Right. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And the idea of a retreat. So, you know, with COVID, you know, things were shut down for a while, but it's starting to open up. So this was an in-person retreat that you did recently? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And was it people just in Puerto Rico or did people travel to you? People traveled from us. So from Wisconsin, we had two people from Wisconsin um, and we did some business strategizing during that. We did a healing ceremony with mud and El Yunque, the rainforest and bathed in the the waterfall. Um, We did some horseback riding. We did some alcohol ink. Um, where we also went to my favorite beach, I call it sand dollar beach and just like bathe in the nice bath water of the ocean. Um, it was a really amazing experience. And even though I'm hosting the retreat, it's also a, a, a wonderful experience for me too, to be able to see the other people get so much out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you were also talking about your nonprofit that you're starting up. Um, mm-hmm. this is my nonprofit. This is what I do uh, to help the LGBT plus community have a voice. And mm-hmm. so the podcast and, and resources and things like that, you had said it was about training, which I think is vitally important. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I'm finding that I am a, a teacher at heart. So I enjoy training my interns about working with the transgender and non-binary community. And offering these types of trainings to the first responders, medical professionals, teachers, to be able to, you know, be able to work with individuals in the trans community and understand like being nice is good, but it's important to also have some knowledge behind it too. And it doesn't need to always be that trans person who's walking into the medical clinic having to do the training, right? It shouldn't have to be their job. Um, so I want to be able to provide that for the community and also integrate, um, mental health services for the first responders and medical professionals, because I think a lot of the stuff that we were seeing, especially over last spring and fall, it's, we're not seeing that the police officers and first responders are not getting the mental health services that they need to, right? Like people don't get into these professions because they're horrible people. They get into these professions because they have a a open heart when they walk into it. And then we just expect them to kind of like shove everything off and, you know, start the day fresh and have nothing affect them. And so mental health services tends to be um, stigmatized and, um, it's a very close knit community that doesn't seek outside help. And so I'm hoping with the nonprofit that we can get like a social worker just in the police station. Who's there all the time, like just somebody who's there to shoot the breeze, you know, destigmatize mental health, have that person to be able to vent to, um, and just make it available instead of it being like, Oh, you're a weak person because you need to talk to somebody about the horrific things you see every day. Yeah, that's so true. And our first responders have been really called upon this past year and a half. And Mm -hmm. they already were under a lot of stress and, you know, resources aren't there. I know I'm in Canada and mental health is not great here, you know, as far as the resources available, because there's just not enough. 
is just mm-hmm. not enough for how fast mental health issues are growing. And, um, you know, in our LGBT plus community, we have suicide rates that are so much higher, but also with the first responders, that's very true that they also have very high suicide rates because they're dealing with yeah. a lot and expected to just keep going. Yeah. yeah. And that recently actually affected our, um, agency, my COL, who also was my school social worker in high school and my supervisor when I was an intern, her husband, who was a firefighter, uh, committed suicide last October. Um, and to see how that has affected, uh, her and the ripple effects that that has kind of created along the way. Um, and he didn't want to get those services because there was just this understanding that you're a weak person if you want to get help. Um, and so we really want to be able to support that community. Yeah. I think just mental health stigmas in general, if we can work to break that down because, you know, people are dying, literally people Mm -hmm. are dying and we need to do something about that. And asking for help is not a weakness. It's actually Mm -hmm. a strength and we need to encourage that more and more. So, yeah, yeah, that's really, and I think a lot of people think that like, what's talking to somebody going to do about it, but it's amazing what talking and getting these feelings out can do for the mind and body. It's just amazing. I mean, even myself as a, a therapist, when I like talk to somebody about like my problems, it's like, whoo, yeah, that does work, you know, just getting it out and kind of like being able to process it out loud can be so much relief. And it seems so simple, but it also works. Yeah, yeah, it is so important. So that's excellent work that you're doing. So can I ask you how you ended up in Puerto Rico? (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting thing. So I, when I started my own business, I have this thing where like, when I dive into something, I go like all in. And so when I started uh, my own private practice, I'm like, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm reading books. And in the process, I found this podcaster um, who through listening to some episodes, I figured out was coming to Providence, Rhode Island for his um, college reunion. And so I was just like, I'm going to reach out and ask if he wants to go to dinner. And so lo and behold, he said, sure. And I was like, oh my Lord, uh, in the process of that, like he had moved down here to Puerto Rico. Um, there is an amazing entrepreneur community down here. I always knew that I wanted to be in a place that was summer all year round because I can't handle the cold. It's just painful and depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I decided to uncouple from my husband last summer, I figured, why not now? You know, I got nothing else holding me back. Just pretty much if nothing could fit into a tiny house, then it went away and I just moved down here and I'm absolutely loving it. Like it's almost strange to finally be where your dream was, right? It's just like, it's a really weird feeling sometimes, but I wake up to the view of the ocean every single day. Yeah. None of people actually step towards their dreams and, mm-hmm. you know, they just dream about it and it can never be. And Oh, maybe one day and all of those things. And you've actually done it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I learned like, there's nothing wrong with asking, you know, he could have said no and that's fine. But if I didn't ask, then I might not be here right now. Who knows? You know? So it's really important to just like 
ask what you want, you know, ask, not get not. So, you know, just ask, (laughs) just ask. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we go today? Um, well, if anybody's interested in a transformational retreat, you know, go on to my website, melissadesilva.com and fill out a form and we can see, uh, what works best for that person. Oh, I love that idea. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. To our listeners, thank you for being here to witness another story in the life of our community. Thanks for listening to Queer Voices. Our goal with Queer Voices is to help our youth know that they're not alone. Our suicide rate for LGBT plus youth is as much as eight times higher than hetero youth. This is not acceptable. When our youth find acceptance, this number drops significantly. Save a life today. Show your child or an LGBT youth in your life that you care. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes so we can help get the word out. Sharing stories, making connections, saving lives.